Good morning, church. So good to have you here this morning uh, through your screens and in your living rooms and on your couches as you look through your computer or a smart TV. Happy Easter, church. Happy Easter. If you've been with us the last several weeks, you know that we have been going through this series, Amazed Again. And this whole idea of, of this series, Amazed Again, is that, uh, that we would no longer come to Jesus with this ho-hum attitude about who God is and all that he does. This idea of being amazed again has been uh, that we're no longer uh, just, just going to kind of saunter into the, the sanctuary of God, but uh, we're going to come in uh, with an attitude of amazement uh, because we recognize who we're worshiping, we recognize who we're praising, that when we hear a sermon or we read scripture, uh, we're going to look to be amazed again at what God is doing, at how he operates, at how he changes us, at how he transforms lives. Uh, how he creates new things. This is what this series has been all about. Uh, we're no longer, as a church, going to say uh, that it's okay just to give a, a casual nod to God. But we are going to say as a church together that we're going to be amazed again at all, God, all that God has done and all that he does in your life and mine so that we can go out and be a part of helping people find and follow Jesus. Over this entire series, we have talked about some really amazing things. We have talked about the amazing power and authority that God's Word has. Uh, we have talked about uh, the amazing kind of faith that you and I can live with. We have talked about uh, the amazing kind of touch that Jesus works through our hands into our communities and we have an opportunity to be amazed again at what God will do with our touch. And this morning, we have an opportunity to join Jesus on an amazing journey. Now, what's interesting this morning is that this amazing journey, gang, uh, this amazing journey is going to include Jesus in the middle of what is a rumor. What's amazing is that this amazing journey that we're going to find ourselves in with Jesus is that it is going to be a journey that, that finds Jesus in, in the whirlwind of a tall tale. And the amazing journey that we're going to take today is that Jesus is going to take a rumor and change it to reality. That he's going to take a tall tale and shift it to transforming truth. And the question that you and I have to answer today, the, the question that we have to gather around is, how is it that God is going to do that? How is it that Jesus is actually going to lead us in this uh, rumor, in this tall tale? Uh, how is he going to actually lead us uh, from rumor to reality? How is he going to lead us from a tall tale to transforming truth? Now, in order to help us get our bearings, we have to understand uh, the definitions of tall tales and rumors. You see, there's a couple different categories here. There's a couple different sorts. The first sort, the first category of a rumor or a tall tale, is the sort that's negative. It's the sort that is destructive. It's the sort that gets real ugly. Uh, the first sort of rumor, the first sort of tall tale is, is one that none of us enjoy. 
It's the kind of rumor that shows up on Facebook between teenagers and, and maybe involves a, a, a boy or a girl. It's the sort of rumor that sometimes can circulate around an office that, that tells tall tales of someone in their previous job experience because one person doesn't like another person very well. And in this first category, Jesus finds himself a number of times throughout his life and in his ministry. Actually, it happens to Jesus before he's even born with his mother Mary. I mean, can you imagine the tall tales, the rumors uh, that surround Jesus as he is born to his mother Mary uh, with the story uh, that she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit? Can you imagine the kind of rumors that circulated around him his whole life? Can you imagine the tall tales that were told about Jesus? Jesus is no stranger to that sort of rumor. He's no stranger to that category of tall tale. But there's something else that, there's some, another category here, there's another sort of rumor, there's another category of a tall tale here uh, that we have to explore. And that is the sort of rumor, the sort of tall tale that we want to be true but can't quite bring our minds to believe. If I were to tell you that COVID-19, that by next Friday it would all be eradicated, and by next Sunday we would all be meeting in this room, that we would fill the church building, uh, that we would have a great party, uh, that there would be lots of food and lots of celebration because we finally got to come uh, out of our homes and get back to normal, uh, you would want to believe me. But in fact, it would just be a rumor. In fact, it would just be the sort of tall tale. I mean, we, we would want to believe it. We'd want to be there on that day when everything goes back to normal, but we would have a hard time right now believing that that was going to happen. It's the sort of tall tale. It's the category of rumor that if you were to go out to your mailbox and find a, a, a check there from a long-lost uncle worth millions of dollars in an estate that's about to be sold, you would want to believe it. But it'd be hard for you, it'd be hard for you to wrap your mind around it and to embrace it. This morning, Jesus finds himself in the middle of one of those second kind of rumors. Uh, this morning, Jesus finds himself in that second category uh, there's people that want to believe that what Jesus is, is caught in the middle of, uh, that, that what surrounds Jesus is actually true. People want to see it. But at the end of the day, they're all saying, it's just a rumor. At the end of the day, they're all saying, it's just a tall tale. So how is Jesus going to take us from rumor to reality? How is He going to take us from tall tale to transforming truth? Well, God's Word is going to begin to answer those kinds of questions 
And it's going to answer those questions as we, as we walk into the first day of the week. It's the first day of the week. It's actually very early in the morning. And Jesus, Jesus has already risen. It's the first day of the week. And there's a number of women that have gone to the tomb where they have laid Jesus. I mean, it's so early in the morning that some of you would say it's oh dark 30 in the morning. And they go, they take spices because they want to honor Jesus. They want to make sure he gets a proper burial. Uh, they, they love him and they honor him that much. Even after he's been crucified, uh, they want to go and take care of him. But when they do, the door to the tomb is open. Uh, the stone that was rolled away uh, to seal the tomb from anyone getting in or anything coming out. It was rolled away. It was empty. And they go in and they see that it's empty. And there's two, two men, it says in the Scriptures, that they, they had uh, you know, clothes that gleamed. They were so bright. We find out later that these are two angels that have come to visit them. And there's this key line, why do you look for the living among the dead? And you would think, you would think that this would be a great thing. All these women, they're so excited. Jesus has, uh, you know, actual life. He has, he has uh, air pumping through his lungs. And they walk back. They, 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 they do more than saunter back. They do more than stroll back. They, they run back to uh, where all of the rest of the apostles were. And they tell him everything that has happened. And the Scriptures tell us, that because they didn't have the body, because they couldn't see Jesus himself, they didn't believe. We're told later on that basically what they do with the women's story is say, oh, it, it, it must have been a vision. You must have been dreaming. And right there in that context, you see what has happened. They've taken... Jesus. They've taken the risen Savior and they've said, it's only a rumor. It's not real. That's only a tall tale. It's not really true. This morning, perhaps you find yourself looking at Easter Sunday, knowing the story about an empty tomb, and the women have come and they have told you the story, but perhaps you're not yet convinced. Perhaps you are looking at it and saying, eh, it's only a rumor. Perhaps given all that you know, you're just sitting there saying, it's only a tall tale. This morning, Jesus is going to take us on an amazing journey He's going to take us from rumor to reality, from tall tale to transforming truth. And He's going to do that on an ordinary road. And He's going to do that with two very ordinary people. If you're willing to take that amazing journey with me this morning, I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Open up your Bibles, Luke chapter 24. 
go ahead, if you need to, open up, open up uh, those blankets that you're, you're all cuddled in with on the, on the sofa. Somebody go grab a Bible. Grab it, open it up to Luke chapter 24, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then go toward the end of Luke in chapter 24. Luke chapter 24 is where we're going to find Jesus in this amazing journey from rumor to reality, from tall tale to transforming truth. Are you there? In chapter 24, here's one of the most incredible things about Jesus. One of the most striking things about Jesus in chapter 24 is, quite frankly, that Jesus isn't all that striking. I mean, if if we understand the Bible to be true, which we do, if we understand the Bible to be true, that Jesus was there the day that the world was created, that he is actually the builder of the world, that he created air and rocks and sky and sun and dirt and places like Iowa. If we believe that, then what we see of Jesus is absolutely extraordinary. It's actually amazing that Jesus, as equal with God, uh, Jesus, the one who was there, Jesus, the risen Savior, He doesn't decide to take us from rumor to reality by by just showing us with all the fireworks how incredible he is. I mean, he could have. Actually, in another story in the Bible, we call it the mountain of transfiguration. This is exactly what Jesus does. He goes up on top of a mountain and he shows his three disciples who came with him exactly who he is. And the glory of the Lord was shown and everybody was really freaked out. Uh, Yet this is not what Jesus does here. I mean, you and I would probably do that, right? I mean, if we had the power to do it, we would just go, boom, look, here I am. Yet Jesus doesn't take us on the amazing journey from rumor to reality and tall tale to transforming truth in that way. No, uh, The one who was equal with God in every way chooses to go incognito. The one who had just risen from the dead, encased in a rumor and a tall tale, decides instead to play undercover boss. And he finds two people who have believed the rumor and are encased in a tall tale. Look with me in verse 13. Now, that same day, that's Sunday, that's Easter Sunday. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. 
Now, everything that had happened is everything that was going on in Jerusalem when Jesus was being crucified. It was all of Holy Week. Jesus had come in. There was a triumphal entry. Jesus had taught in the temple. Uh, And yet, there were those, those teachers and those uh, people who had decided that they were going to crucify Jesus. They were going to put him through a false trial and make sure that Jesus didn't come back. And you can imagine that this is a very slow stroll. These were evidently followers of Jesus and they they were walking in this seven miles in a pace that you and I, well, we could probably win. But speed wasn't on their mind as they walked to Emmaus. Speed wasn't on their mind as they were thinking about taking this seven mile hike to Emmaus. No, what was on their mind was kind of doom and gloom. It was the kind of conversation that surrounds something that they thought was going to happen. Oh, I I thought this was going to turn out differently. I I thought that he was going to be the one. I I thought that uh, that we were going to be free finally. It, It was the kind of conversation that just drips with disappointment. It's the kind of conversation that just has heartache and hurt written all over it. They were terribly disappointed. They had put all of their eggs in Jesus' basket, and it seems like someone has come along and stolen the basket. I mean, we actually get a picture of some of the things that they begin to say uh, to one another as they they brief Jesus on what they've been talking about. If you go uh, into later portions of this passage, uh, in the later portion of verse 19, after Jesus says, hey, what things have you been talking about? Uh, They said about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. And I want you to hear these next words. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find His body. They came and told us that they had seen visions of angels who said He was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb, found it just as they had said, but they didn't see Jesus. Do you hear where they are? These two people who had followed Jesus, who had put all the eggs in the Jesus basket. They had bought the rumor. They had bought the tall tale. They had looked at the risen, the opportunity of a risen Savior and said, it's only rumor. They had heard the words They were reminded again that Jesus was going to come on the third day. That's why it's mentioned here. Uh, They had heard the testimony of women who had gone and there was no Jesus. But instead they had bought the tall tale. Surely Jesus couldn't have risen from the dead. Did you catch those words in verse 21? We had hoped. 
we had really hoped. Have you ever had those words? Have you ever spoken those words on days when rumors seem to rule and tall tales seem to be all that's worth believing? Have you ever said, we had hoped? We sure had hoped that the baby would come. We had hoped that the business deal would go through. We had hoped that the scholarship would happen. We had hoped that this person would be a good spouse. We had hoped that the finances would go through. We had hoped that the medicine would work. We had hoped. Have you ever used those words? Maybe this morning you find yourselves using those words we had hoped. We had hoped things would be different. They want to believe in the worst way and yet they're stuck in the rumor. They can only see it as something that's a rumor and not reality. They can only see it as something that's a tall tale and not truth. And perhaps you find yourself there this morning. And if you find yourself there this morning, if you find yourself with these two disciples walking along an ordinary road as ordinary people, then I want you to notice who Jesus goes to first. Jesus is God. He was there at, all, at, at the beginning of all of creation. And yet when he rises from the dead, do you notice who he goes to first? He finds himself next to two very ordinary people. In fact, they're so ordinary that one of the named disciples here, Cleopas, is never mentioned again in all of Scripture. The other one goes unnamed altogether. And so if you are thinking right there, if you are thinking right now, We had hoped, we had hoped that it would all work out. If you're thinking, I'm more on the rumor side, I'm more on the tall tale side when it comes to Jesus' resurrection, uh, that can I tell you that Jesus is willing to meet you on your ordinary road? He didn't appear first to kings and princes. He didn't even first appear to his apostles. He first appeared to these two ordinary folks on an ordinary road. He just comes alongside of them. Look at verse 15. As they talked and they discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, uh, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, What are you discussing? What are you talking about? They stood still. Their faces were downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? 
When all hope is lost, when they're not sure what they can do, when they're absolutely discouraged, when disappointment has, has, has hit an all-time high, Jesus walks beside them. Oh, I know. I know they don't yet know that it's Jesus, but it doesn't change the reality. Jesus is as real as He has ever been, and He comes along, and He looks at them, and He wants to listen to them, and He wants to hear their heartache. And I'm telling you right now, those of you who are sitting in your living room, who aren't quite sure about the resurrection of Jesus, who aren't quite sure if Jesus actually rose from the dead, who would say that maybe that's just a rumor, who would say that that's just a tall tale, perhaps it's possible that Jesus, in all All of His goodness is ready to meet you in an ordinary way on an ordinary road. Could it be that your Emmaus, that the Emmaus road actually runs through your living room? Is it possible Is it possible that this ordinary road that is talked about in Scripture, this road from Jerusalem to Emmaus, actually runs through your dining room and your hallway? Is it possible that that Jesus, without you recognizing it, could come alongside of you and listen to your hurts and your hang-ups And He can listen to you tell His own story, a story that He knows so well. Is it possible that Jesus uh, is closer than you think? Could it be that Jesus is ready to meet you in the ordinary places in your life? Could it be possible that that Jesus in the grocery store aisles where you push down a, a grocery cart, uh, is it possible that, that, that Jesus in the hallways of a school, is it, is it possible that, that on the sidewalks where you tread and the garages where you pull in your car, that Jesus is waiting, that He's ready to see you even if you don't see Him? Could it be that if you're wrestling with this rumor of the resurrection, could it be that as you wrestle with this tall tale of resurrection, that Jesus is watching you? Have you ever been in a room and had a sense like someone's watching Have you ever been someplace and you think, It feels like someone else is present. If you've ever had that sense, can I tell you that for all of you who may be hanging out with the rumor and the tall tale uh, saying that's what the resurrection is, uh, then perhaps it is that Jesus is waiting for you, that He's walking alongside of you, that that sense that you get that someone else is watching, that someone else is in the room, can I tell you today who that is? That's Jesus. That's Jesus, and He's resurrected. And I know you can't see Him, and I know you can't recognize Him yet, but He's there. And He's looking at you. And He's talking to you, and He's listening to you. 
One of the ways that Jesus takes rumors and he makes them reality. One of the ways that Jesus takes tall tales and he transforms them into truth. As he simply goes in ordinary life and he joins us along ordinary paths. You know, another thing that I love about Jesus, something that struck me as I walked through this passage over and over again, is Jesus is never in a hurry. Uh, Jesus never gets in a hurry in this passage to try and uh, transform the truth. Uh, He never uh, gets in a hurry. He doesn't ever, uh, you know, sprinkle pixie dust along the way to speed up the process. He doesn't uh, make sure that he uses his power to try and uh, curve the the amount of time it's going to take for people to recognize who he is. He doesn't do that. Actually, uh, Jesus begins to walk through a process with these two very ordinary people. And I'm guessing this morning that for all of us who have come to celebrate Easter, uh, if we have a sense that this might be a rumor, that if this might be a tall tale, But Jesus is willing to wait for us too. You see, Jesus takes them through a process. He takes them through a couple of steps. Actually, He's going to hand them the Bible and a bread. He's going to hand them uh, the Word and a table. Uh, He's going to invite them to listen and to eat. And these two things that He's going to give them uh, actually begin to help them understand who Jesus is. And Jesus is going to go from a rumor to a reality, from a tall tale to a transforming truth. Look at verse 24, would you please? Look at verse 24. Some of the companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Now Jesus rebukes them in verse 25. He says to them, how foolish you are. How slow to believe all that the prophets have, had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter the glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he began to explain to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going to go farther. But they urged him, stay, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. One of the ways that Jesus is going to progress us to help us understand who He is. One of the ways that He's going to change a rumor of resurrection into a reality of resurrection. One of the ways He's going to take a tall tale that might be considered as resurrection into a transforming truth of resurrection is He's going to hand us a Bible and some bread and He's going to say, here, partake of this. You see, throughout the centuries, throughout the centuries of the church, there have been two consistencies that nobody can argue with, and that is word, and that is table, that is the Bible, and it is bread. 
And when God opens up his word, he's trying to convince them to things that they didn't think could possibly be true. I mean, Jesus had tried to tell them. He had tried to say, I must suffer and I must go and I must suffer and I must die. And he said it over and over again as he was trying to prepare his disciples for his own departure on the cross. I have to go and I have to suffer and I have to die. And here it is afterwards. And he opens up the Bible to them and he walks them text by text, verse by verse. And he convinces them. He says, hey, this word that you say you believe in, I want you to see it. I want you to feel it. I want it to be open to you. And And God gives us the very same privilege. It says later on that something was burning inside of them. Something was stirring inside of them. And God, through His Word, was stirring in their hearts something. They hadn't recognized Jesus yet, but as He opened up the Word to them, something was stirring. And that's exactly, ladies and gentlemen, what the Word does for us. God's Word, as we open it, as we have the Bible in one hand and the bread in the other, it begins to divide us. It it begins to to go to the very center and the core of who we are, and 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 it lays us open so that everything is exposed. And if we're listening, if we're listening, it's prompting us. One of the ways that Jesus uses to take us from a remedy to a reality, from a tall tale to a transforming truth in his own resurrection is he opens up the word and he says it had to be this way. The bread. He could have gone on, but they invited him back. And Luke is very intentional. He's very intentional. I know that this is not communion. It's not even Passover. It's not a a special festival. Oh no, it's not. It's not at all, actually. But Luke is intentional to say that this is the breaking of bread. And, And in verse 31, it says this. In verse 31, these are the results of what happened. Verse 31, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared. The broken bread. There's mystery sometimes around the Lord's table, the bread that is broken for us that represents Christ's body and the cup that represents his blood. There's mystery there. But one thing I think we can be certain of is that just like Jesus is present in an ordinary way to two ordinary people, when we break bread together, when we break bread together, whether we're in this room or we're in a thousand different rooms, what we can say for certain is that Jesus' presence is there. And we can say with the old chorus, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Jesus takes us on an amazing journey and He hands us a piece of bread and He hands us a Bible. He invites us to His table and He lets us hear His Word. And the result, 
the result is that these two ordinary people on an ordinary road, they begin an amazing journey that hasn't ended yet. You see, the more often that I read Luke 24 and what Luke has to say here, I don't think the church begins at Pentecost in the book of Acts. Oh yeah, thousands will come. And the, and the great message that Peter preaches and the kind of repentance that happens. Uh, but this is where it begins. This is where that amazing journey begins. When their eyes are opened because Jesus had walked beside them, when Jesus had given them bread and a Bible, their eyes are opened and they hightail it back to Jerusalem. Look at verse 32. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while He talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? And they got up and they returned to Jerusalem and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled and they said, it is true! It is true! The Lord has risen! He has appeared to Simon. And the two told, and then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized them when He broke the bread. He has risen. It is true. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? God had changed something. And He had put them on an amazing journey by changing a rumor to a reality by changing a tall tale to a transforming truth. You see, church, when we see the resurrected Savior, when we see the resurrected Christ, when we see Jesus resurrected, He places our feet from an ordinary road onto an amazing journey. And He does it by changing a rumor into reality. He opens the eyes of our heart. He opens the eyes of our heart. And a tale, a tall tale, becomes a transforming truth. Why? Because we've seen the resurrected Savior. What changed? What changed? How? How did God change a rumor to a reality, a tall tale to a transforming truth? He did it through the resurrection of Jesus. It all began with a rumor, but it ends with a reality. It may have started with a tall tale, but it ends with the transforming truth. And here's the question. Here's the thing that you have to allow to sit in your heart, to sit in your pocket as you go throughout the rest of your day. Will the resurrection of Jesus be a rumor or a reality for me? Will the resurrection of Jesus be a tall tale or a transforming truth for me. Will you continue down an ordinary road or 
Will you join with Jesus on an amazing journey, having seen the resurrected Savior? Church, I want to challenge you. I want to pry open your heart, and I want you to encourage you to see Jesus in a new way. The resurrection is no rumor, it is reality. The resurrection is no tall tale. It is a transforming truth. And if you are out there and you can't be here, but you're saying to yourself, I want to know Jesus. I want to join the amazing journey. Then I want to encourage you. You believe. You believe in the Jesus that God sent as His only Son. That He would live and that He would die for you on a cruel and ugly cross. And that He resurrected and that's no rumor. And that He's with God now. That you can't save yourself. That only Jesus can do that for you. That you would confess your sins to Him. And having confessed that you would repent that you would come and you would say, I, I have rebelled against God. I have not done the things that I knew to do and I have sinned. And having confessed all of that, that you would make that public proclamation in a baptism that identifies your life with Jesus's. And that you would join Him in His resurrection. That you would die to self in the waters of baptism. And that you would rise again with Jesus to live a new life. Well, I know COVID's going on. But if you're ready for baptism, we will be here for you. Because God does amazing things and He takes us on an amazing journey and if your heart today has gone from rumor to reality and from tall tale to transforming truth, Jesus is ready to meet you and take you on an amazing journey. Church, would you pray with me? Gracious God, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness. And we pray that you will guide and lead our hearts and our minds. And I pray, Lord God, that if we're struggling today and if we have doubt today, that you would show up in a powerful way. And I pray, Lord God, that we would look for you in the ordinary. And we would look for you on those ordinary days and those ordinary paths. And Lord, we could grasp your word and we could sit at your table and our eyes would be opened. And that we would see the truth of who you are. And we would join you on an amazing journey. Lord, we love you, and we want to serve you. And we pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. And all God's people said, Amen.